Welcome in to Practical Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Ted. My co-host, Coach Cody, will be joining us in just a second. And today on the pod, uh, we're chatting it up with uh, with Stacy Gavin. Stacy Gavin is a, a CrossFit coach at CrossFit High Park in Tampa. That's part of the Tampa Movement Lab. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to know Stacy uh, both as a coach and as a friend. She's just one of the real ones. And um, Stacy, if you've met her, she has that like coaching gene. She is great at. Um, we talk about it in the episode. She's great at, you know, both being warm and inviting to anybody who might be new around her, but then also like holding others accountable in a way that's not threatening. And I think she does a great job of that. And. When I was thinking about that, I kind of came across this um, this quote, and uh, we're going to use it as a warm-up waves, and it just kind of reminded me of Stacy in a way. And the quote is, "It's uh, it's not about finding yourself; it's about creating yourself." Stop complaining and get to work. And so, you know, it's so funny when we talk about fitness, when we talk about life, whatever. So much of it is kind of interchangeable. Um, you know, a lot of us might not be exactly sure who we are, what we're supposed to be. And, and that's fine. That's cool. That's part of life. Right. And so like Stacy, like so many other people out there, you know, just don't complain about it. Let's work on it. Let's create who we want to be because at the end of the day, it's, it's up to us to frame our future and let's, uh, let's get after it. So whatever you guys are working on today, on your way to work, heading to the gym, Let's make it what you want it to be and make you who you want to be. We're going to dive into this episode with Stacy here very, very soon. But before we do, um, as always, we would really, really appreciate it if anybody listening deems us worthy to rate, review, and subscribe to the episode. It, it helps us out a lot. And the second thing is um, we have a newsletter. And on the newsletter, we've got some very cool things coming up, some details on the IC Weightlifting Summit. We've got some apparel dropping soon. Uh, to get signed up for the newsletter, to stay up to date on all that stuff, just uh, just go to our Instagram page, uh, Practical Wellness Coach. You can check out uh, the link is there in our bio to sign up for our newsletter. Or on Facebook, you can jump in. Uh, I believe one of our most recent posts has a link to the newsletter also. So go there, sign up, and uh, stay up to date. And here we go with Stacy. All right, and at this time, we'd like to welcome in Stacy Gavin. Uh, Stacy has spent time coaching for me, but she's been coaching CrossFit and athletes in general for, for quite a while. Uh, thanks so much for, for jumping in with us, Stacy. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Happy to be here. This will be fun. I'm excited to, to talk with you more. I haven't chatted with you in a while, so I know once we start, we usually keep going. So yeah, that should be good. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. We, uh, we can have some long winded conversations between the two of us. Stacy and I would coach a, a Saturday morning class and often afterwards we would like you know, talk to people as they were kind of shuffling out the door and they're going about their Saturday, but usually you and I would work out together and then it would often just be like, okay, we better get started working out now. Cause we were just talking and talking yeah. about fitness in general or whatever it would be. But, um, 
Yeah. So I, we were just talking, you and Cody had, had crossed paths just a little bit before. I think Cody came Briefly. out to, to visit um, mm-hmm. in Colorado, but um, yeah. I think um, where I want to start it, how long have you been coaching athletes, uh, Stacy? So I've been coaching in CrossFit since 2014. So going on seven years. Um, so I've been coaching CrossFit since then. Um, I've been in athletics for a while um, prior to that, uh, but um, didn't do any any major coaching until I started doing CrossFit. And then really yep. once I started, I haven't really stopped. So, mm. yeah. Well, that's that's good because I do want to talk about coaching a little bit. I, I think, and I may have told you this before, I, I've always – kind of appreciated and admired the way that you've been able to coach people and kind of be relatable to multiple, like, I don't know, levels of fitness, multiple individuals, different types of clientele. I think you have a good balance of, you know, being sweet and inviting to somebody who might be intimidated by joining a gym, but then also calling people out on their shit if they have been members (laughs) from a gym for a long time. And I think that's a fine line to walk sometimes because, you know, whether you don't want to like not be true to who you are and develop some like persona that isn't you. But at the same time, I think you, you can be both people and be you at the same time. Is it, is that something that you consciously have thought about or did you, you know, maybe learn or develop that yourself? Did you have like inspiration in other places or just tell me a little bit about kind of your coaching style in general? Yeah. So, um, from early on of starting out, and I think it was experience from with my coaches that I've had growing up, um, and then the coaches that I've had um, experience working with, is probably the most valuable thing you can have a, as a coach is your ability to connect with people. Um, you can have all the knowledge and skills and all that that you that you want, but people aren't going to stick with it or they're not going to follow you unless you have some sort of connection with them. Um, and so that's something that I've always kind of taken with me but with coaching coaching is such a it's such a tool that needs to be continued to be sharpened and it's continued to be molded and I think um, the people that tend to stay where they are where they're at and kind of stuck in their coaching ways um, they're missing a big opportunity um, to connect with different people and also fine-tune that tool that is coaching Um, and and that spreads from just not just connecting but different ways that you can um, verbalize or um, teach people um, how to be um, athletic or how to do certain movements but how to how for them how do they um, how do they make their way in the community as well because you want Mm -hmm. them to connect with other people as well and as coaches you do that as well you're not only coaching a squat or a push-up or anything like that you're really helping this person um, become part of the community as well Um, and you guys have talked about it before but coming into a new environment is can be super scary for people especially someone that hasn't or it can be um, people will put on a facade of being you know they've done this before but and may come across a little bit with more of an ego walking into your gym, but you want these people to really fit into this and uh, a culture that you've that you've um, developed within your community. So, um, so I I I like that you you said I can call people out on their, their <laughs> bullshit, which is I hope I do. Um, 
I'm, you guys, I don't know, Cody, you met me once, but I'm a small person. <laughs> I am, I am five, I am five foot. So, and I've had people come in, you know, that have been doing CrossFit for a long time. And, you know, I think people just know that people can spew kind of bullshit at them. Um, but I'll let them know my background. Like I have a, I have a master's in exercise physiology. I'm not bullshitting you. I'm teaching you, I'm helping you. Um, and so that, uh, I think that helps um, a little bit when it comes to those type of people. But there's there's a fine. I think I think uh, relationships are the biggest factor when it comes to coaching. And then you should always want to fine tune this tool that is coaching. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of follow up questions, but I I completely agree. Culture and that relationship is always going to be the first thing because you want to develop that bond to that person because they're vulnerable, they're uncomfortable right? Like it's our job to place them in that place. And if they don't feel like they can trust you, they're not going to hang around. And if they don't hang around, they're not going to make progress. So ultimately relationship is going to be the number one thing. You talked a lot about kind of sharpening your craft, right? Being a coach and not getting stagnant. How have you stretched yourself? Cause that's hard to do. Like, and I've been in a place where I'm like, Hey, I haven't challenge this for a while. I kind of feel like I'm the same coach as I've been, you know, the last year or whatever. How have you gone about challenging that particular craft over the years? Yeah. Um, I think it took me some time to realize that I needed to, I needed to challenge and I needed to step out and I needed to sharpen that tool that is, that is this coaching tool. Um, and one of the biggest things that helped me that I think all coaches should do is get out of their environment and go into a new environment and learn from other people. Um, we all have our own way that we um, put in our own personality or we put in our own touches of, of coaching that relate to people and that can also relate to you that you just didn't know. And so I've, I feel like I've been really lucky to have um, surrounded myself with people that were one, really knowledgeable two, wanted to teach me, wanted to show me, and three, um, had different styles in which they coached. So um, I had, um, when I first got into CrossFit, I had two two great coaches that I worked for. They owned the gym, um, Sarah and Amber. And Sarah came from a strength and conditioning coach um, in college. She was a strength and conditioning coach in athletics. Um, and Amber was a um, collegiate volleyball player. And they both two completely different coaching styles. And so I learned so much by just finding a balance of connecting with people, which um, Amber was really great at, and then having the knowledge and explanation and clarity to give people the, the information they need. And I got that from Sarah. And then when I went from there, I was lucky enough to meet Ted, um, who, again, different personality, different um, tools that he has. And so I've learned a lot from Ted. And I used to tell him that all the time. I would, you oh, know, I've blush. learned <laughs> I've learned so much from you and you take things away. And, and as I'm at this new gym now, I take as many classes with as many coaches. So I take the classes um, with the um, CrossFit that I coach in. I think that's important. But I also take classes with different coaches um, to make sure that I see how they relate to people, how they coach people, how do they explain this? Um, If someone's new, how do they deal with it? Um, And just kind of, you know, really look at things and and have those conversations with them about um, things that uh, that they do. I also ask for feedback, um, which I think people are kind of scared to do. Um, I've Mm -hmm. 
been in this for a while now and I, I love feedback. So I ask for feedback as well. Um, and I think that's been an important um, part of shaping um, this tool that I will continue to do as I keep, keep coaching. Yeah, like that lifelong student mentality. And you said you have a master's degree. Did you know, so, you know, you got your, your bachelor's degree. Did you want to get a master's? Like, did you do that right away? Did you know what you wanted to do after the master's degree? What did that look like? Yeah, so my bachelor's is in kinesiology. Um, and then um, when I was getting my bachelor's, I thought I wanted to go into physical therapy. And total transparency, I wasn't sure I was going to get into physical therapy school. I resonate with that quite a bit because I went yeah, did that same, same thing. Yeah, yeah. So I backed away from that. You know, sometimes our feels and our fears and failures drive us in a new direction. Um, I wish I would have maybe pursued that um, a little bit more and maybe not had that fear, but ultimately it led me down this this great road. So um, I had a professor in my bachelor's program that asked if I um, thought about a grad assistantship. And I hadn't really, and he said I would be great if I wanted to apply for it. Um, so I actually went straight into my master's degree. And for a while, I thought I wanted to teach. I like teaching. Um, so I thought I wanted to teach. Um, but my master's degree and a lot of my bachelor's degree was very clinical. Mm -hmm. I was in a lab for a long time, and I didn't like that. I was would go into a lab before the sun came up and I was out when the sun was down and, yeah. and I'm an active person. I like to be moving and I like to talk to people at, and that just wasn't for me. So after I graduated, um, I knew I wanted to get into something that where I was going to be, um, working more with people rather than on the back side of things. But I, I did go straight through. I ended up getting straight to my master's. So again, just kind of life leads you in the direction that you are supposed to go. Yeah, absolutely. Like looking back and I, Again, like I said earlier, I, I looked at going to PT school. I have a bachelor's degree in uh, physiology, and I had that same doubt. I was like, I don't, you know, I wasn't like a serious student um, mm -hmm. in college. And uh, I just like, I don't know, like, this is something I want to do. I'm passionate about, like, exercise and health and, you know, helping people improve. And, uh, yeah, just like I didn't end up doing it. And there are times, you know, in the past eight years where I'm like, maybe I should have like tried to do that, mm -hmm. you know, but ultimately like here we are and we're having this conversation now. And I think for the most part, we've all been coaching about the same amount of time, you know, on, we have different journeys, but again, we're all kind of intersecting, um, at, in similar ways, which is, is really cool. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I worked. So during my undergrad, I worked in a physical therapy, um, clinic and again, I had another great teacher that wanted to teach me and let me do a lot of things. And so, um, but there was, there was that struggle of, and I wasn't a bad, I wasn't a bad student. There was a, there was a lot of high expectations of just trying to get into PT school that, mm. um, I, I was definitely not feeling like I was going to succeed at getting in. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, I shifted my focus, but I will say I take everything that I've learned in that physical therapy clinic still with me. I've learned so much there. Um, and same as you, Cody, the, the past few years, I'm like, I wonder if I should go back to school, I should try to go back and do this. But, you know, I think life leads you where you're supposed to be. And uh, um, yeah. unfortunately, uh, fears and failures lead us in one direction, but we always end up here where we're supposed to be. You know, us as coaches, you know, we're definitely in a different scope of practice as a PT, but there's certainly a lot of intersection. Um, and I know, and I'd be curious if you feel this way as well, is that 
there's an element of my job where I'm like, I feel satisfied, you know, with that particular hat, um, you know, having those conversations and saying, Hey, like, let's improve upon this. Right. And identifying and problem solving, which is a lot of what a PT does. Right. Mm -hmm. I think there might be even further, like another layer of that, uh, relationship that you don't get as a PT though. Right. As well, which I think maybe boosts our job, you know, for us a little bit more. I, I completely agree. I think I, I also um, get that same feeling of satisfaction when um, we deal with a lot of the same similar things um, with um, people asking us questions. And, and I think they're surprised because not all coaches ask them all the, que- all the follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. Well, w- what's the pain level? You know, where is it? How did it start? Um, you know, and all of these follow-up questions, you know, what if you do this, does that bother? What if you do that, does that bother? And you're right, we're assessing, we're um, trying to identify a problem and see what we can do to help. Um, So I think it does satisfy that, that hat that I just missed. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So you're, you're in Colorado or no, you're in Florida now, right? I'm in Florida. And you met Ted in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Are you from Colorado? What's this journey look like? No. So I'm from Illinois. Okay. Um, I'm from next to y'all in Iowa, <laughs> <laughs> from the Midwest. I got my, um, I went to school in Illinois, Southern Illinois in Edwardsville. So by St. Louis, not the party school in Carbondale. We we're a smaller school. And then out of college, I just knew I wanted to um, get out of the Midwest and do something else. So I actually got a job in Florida and Tampa. So I was in Tampa for about four or five years. I was working in corporate wellness. Um, it was pretty great. It was a good job. Um, it ended up being a little, started being a little stale. Um, Mm. sometimes when you're in corporate wellness, you are, um, you have your arms and legs almost tied behind your back because you can only do so much with someone who isn't ready to do something. And a lot of times you're, you're with people that don't really want to make a change. Um, Mm -hmm. but corporate wellness is kind of almost that forced upon like because it's going to help you know costs and all that stuff and so um it ended up getting kind of stale and um the person i was with at the time got into um veterinary school in colorado and was like would you want to go with me and i was just ready for a change i was ready for something else so i dropped that job i quit and moved out to colorado with nothing as a backup, which is very <laughs> unlike me, which was, it was scary for a while. Um, but moved to Colorado, um, ended up getting a job, funny, ended up getting a job at another gym, but working out and CrossFitting with Ted. Let's just talk about the differences between maybe the corporate wellness, the big box global gym, and, um, and kind of the CrossFit gym at that time or maybe just CrossFit gyms in, in general and, and your relationship between the three and your experiences between the three? Yeah, so honestly, uh, corporate wellness and big box gyms comparing to CrossFit, it's, it's you have something that's very authentic and very real and very much something that you um, – are, you can bring your whole person to mm. and then you have something that's a little bit more inauthentic that's a li- little bit more cookie cutter it's a little bit more um this is the way we do things and um, we don't change very much from this recipe of what we think is successful 
and we're going to throw this same recipe at everyone. And uh, so I, I worked for that um, and I, I get the importance of it and I get why people go to it. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't authentically me. So I left my professional person be there and I would bring my personal and myself to CrossFit. So it was a, an interesting it was an interesting balance. Yeah. And I can yeah. relate to that too, because I, I think we've talked about this in the past and I've definitely talked it on, on this show where, you know, I spent time as a, a training manager at a big box gym also. And, and it was just all sales based. Right. But you're right. You're just, you're kind of just, uh, for lack of a better term, like the analogy I would use is you're just hurting people towards fitness machines. Like that's, that was my mm-hmm. job. Right. And you're just trying to sell them. And then once they buy you, you go find somebody else to sell to. And I don't necessarily know exactly what was your role at one of the big box gyms. So it changed. Um, I started personal training there. Um, that was the very first thing. And then I very quickly went to their corporate wellness. Um, I was their corporate wellness, like liaison or coordinator. Um, and we had a pretty cool program there. Um, it was the one thing that there was two great programs there that I really liked. Um, it was a physician referred exercise program. So we actually worked with local doctors, um, and they oh, would, of cool. course, bring people, yeah, they would bring people, you know, kind of prescribe them to the gym. And then I would help um, facilitate what that would look like. And then we also um, had a cancer program that I worked with, which I think it was also great. Um, but then from there, I moved on to the, the general manager for um, one of their locations. So, so my role shifted. Um, and I would agree, Ted, it was very much those, those small parts that were really life impacting were just a little too small for me. And the rest was more selling and more, yeah, getting people to commit for a few weeks, leave, and then try to get them to recommit for a few more weeks. Like it was, it was just a hamster in a wheel. (laughs) Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, yeah. So let's, let's talk about this too. When, when you, I, I, I wanted to bring this up, like for people that don't know, Stacy, you have a, a big passion for, for Olympic style weightlifting, right? Not only coaching CrossFit, but coaching, you know, the barbell movements. Was that introduced to you through CrossFit or did you have any experience to that prior or where did you think that initial like fondness for the barbell movements came from? Um, yeah, it was definitely through CrossFit. So my, uh, my background is in exercise and exercise physiology, but it's when you go through school, it's very clinical. You're not doing a lot of actual application when it comes to different types of, of exercises. So, um, when I moved to Florida, I moved by myself to Florida. And so I was looking for just, um, a place to meet people. And I dabbled in CrossFit at, um, in college because I uh, work out and stuff, but I was th- I was doing the whole bodybuilding types type mm-hmm. stuff that we were supposed to do. But I found CrossFit online, and this is when yeah, they're you know they've always been online and been free. The the videos were most of the videos were like L sit pull ups, mm-hmm. high box jumps, like they're very low quality too. But yeah. um, um, so I dabbled in there. So I, finally, when I moved, I was like, I want to try CrossFit. I want to actually try a CrossFit box. So I found a CrossFit box. And I think the week after I started, I messaged 
Amber, one of the owners, and I said, hey, can you teach me Olympic lifting? Oh, yeah. Like, And she's like, yeah, definitely. So I, as soon as I started, I knew about it enough um, just being in athletics, um, but I wanted to know more about it and I wanted to learn more. So I, I learned... I learned the very basics, and within within that first year, um, or maybe the first year and a half, two years, I went from CrossFit, full-time CrossFit, CrossFit coach, to full-time Olympic weightlifting, and then starting their first um, weightlifting club there. Wow. Um, and yeah, so, so I was doing that for about two years before when I moved to Colorado, I was just a straight weightlifter. Um, it took some time to get back into CrossFit after that. I blame it on the altitude as well. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, um, I spent a good two, three years dedicating just to weightlifting. And I loved it. I was coaching. I was participating, doing meets, coaching meets, coaching and meets. Um, and we had a kid starting a kids program. I had a youth that went to nationals, all that great oh, stuff. Awesome. So, um, yeah, we had a good, it was fun. Yeah. That's, but I was introduced to it with CrossFit. That's really cool. I, I think that's pretty natural. Like, cause at least I think it's different now, but you know, 2000, you know, 14, 15, 16, there's not a lot of places you can go just to go wait, like Olympic lift. So I think most people's first exposure to that and maybe a technical way, right? Having a coach and it might not be the only thing they're doing, but it was at CrossFit. And I think there's especially a certain personality type that really gravitates towards that, that technicality and that, you know, that minutia of improvement that you can have at a certain point mm-hmm. and, you know, really taking that in as like the victory. Um, I think that's probably changed a little bit now. I think there's probably more places that only focus on Olympic lifting. Um, but I think that's a, a, a pretty, pretty common, but also powerful journey do you do a lot of Olympic lifting still, or are you still mainly doing CrossFit? Both, both, yeah. So I mainly do CrossFit now, but um, I just I still host. I put on seminars. Um, I do one on ones with people um, with Olympic lifting. So still very much heavily in Olympic lifting. I'm not as much uh, involved in coaching like at meets, and I came out of retirement like right before the pandemic of Olympic weightlifting did one meet and then went right back into retirement. Yeah, yeah. Just, it was, it was great. I got a meet PR. I was fine with that. So, that's cool. um, yeah, yeah. But, but it, I, that's when, when I first started coaching here, that was one of the big things I said is as soon as I started coaching, when I was back here, I said, when can I do a weightlifting seminar? Um, you know, I'm, I'm coaching now for like a week or two, but I, I'm seeing things that people need to improve upon and I'm, chomping at the bit to try to um get people into a seminar to check it out i will say like you know with with stacy coaching at fort collins crossfit you know she she always brought it she was ready to coach ready to go but if it was like an olympic weightlifting day where we had like a snatch or a clean and jerk or something like that going on in the workout like she was kind of her hands were kind of rubbing each other. She's chomping at the bit. She walks in the door. Hey, you ready to go? You, you guys ready? Let's go. Okay, let's go. We're going to warm I'll up. Drag my box out, stand yeah. on the box. I'm like, everyone, this is what it's looking Watch like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and, and I always appreciate it. I think that's great. I think what's interesting about um, the Olympic lifts is, at least from, like, I think our three, you know, perspectives or standpoints, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, we were into fitness before CrossFit. You know, we were into, you know, you guys 
uh, probably in a deeper level than me, but we were all like participating in fitness in some way, shape or form. And then to be introduced, oops, as I bumped my microphone, introduced to a new like discipline that you really didn't probably have a lot of experience with. Like, you know, me in high school football, we were taught how to hang power clean and it was the ugliest, dirtiest, grossest looking barbell lift you've ever seen. But then you start to see like, oh, this is what the movement should look like or could look like. And I'll never forget. Um, I think I've told you this, Cody, before, too, is um, at the gym, you and I first started coaching together. There was a drop in and he was an Olympic weightlifter. And I just watched the speed and power which he could like put into the barbell. And I was like, I need to relearn how to do this. Like this is like what I'm doing and what that guy is doing are two separate, totally different things. And so again, like it kind of restarted and recharged my interest level into Olympic style weightlifting for me personally. Yeah. And we had started kind of just tooling around with it at that time. So I'm sure, I'm sure like watching that guy go, you know, and actually show you how to do it was quite the, uh, and it wasn't even exactly. It was just inspirational in a way. Right. And I think that, you know, there's probably, we we're probably reminded of that still to this day. Like there are times like you'll see in even when Stacy and I would work out together, like I'd watch how boom fast she would move. Sometimes I'd be like, all right, I gotta, you know, move a little faster now. Right. Like that's what it's supposed to feel like. That's what it's supposed to sound like. That's what it's supposed to, you know, be. And, uh, I think, um, I think it's cool that, you know, now my next question is, you know, where do you still, for me personally, and I'm going to, this is Ted being honest right now is, uh, the, the inspiration sometimes for the Olympic style weightlifting specifics is uh, the interest level is not what it once was. And there's a couple of like reasons for that. And the honest reasons would be um, the time it takes to warm up. Right. And so, you know, I've got two kids now and it's my ability to warm up for a full snatch might be different than my ability to warm up for a kettlebell assault bike workout. Right. And so when I'm thinking about like returns, but then I see you and you know, where do you find, like, is it just, do you think that's just a personality trait in general that you're able to continue to just move and make these incremental changes and work on, you know, these two lifts for seven years, you know, Mm -hmm. do you think that's a personality trait for you in general that you just want to like continue to perfect it? Or are you just that much in love with it? A little bit of both? Like, where does that come from? So I think what, what I think helps drive a little bit of that, um, kind of work ethic and, and wanting to, wanting to get better is that with Olympic lifting, I think specifically is you can get better. There's, there's so many, there's such a long road to, um, being, a uh, being a high level athlete at Olympic lifting. And I think you, there's just so much movement between there and where I'm at that not that I ever want to be a high level Olympic lifter, but there's just, there's so much movement that you can do. And, and when you don't practice it for a while, you know, you kind of do take a little bit of step back. The good thing about Olympic lifting though, um, is it's very similar to, you know, riding a bike or, um, having some of that muscle memory is that you can continue to work on that. You're not relearning something again. You're just you're just finding ways to make every any part that you can a little bit better than it was before. And I think that's a a, a concept that kind of can go through life. If I can just make 
one part of my life just a little bit better than it was before, then you're continuing mm. to make, you know, that 1% better year after year. So, um, and because of that, I've been able to somewhat keep my numbers relatively the same, whether I'm focused just on Olympic weightlifting, they'll go up a little bit. Or if I come back down and I'm more crossfitting, my numbers still don't change that often because I know I'm just still working at, you know, getting just a little bit better um, each year. You talked about like just doing these small things for like a 1% improvement. And that, and this is a, a mild segue, I suppose, but it made me think about like, what are we taking away from like these activities, whether that's Olympic lifting, CrossFit, uh, you can throw whatever you want in that hat as it relates to exercise, could even be coaching or being coached, right? And going through that process, um, which is unique. Um, what are we taking away from that as it relates to like other things in our lives? Like what, is, what maybe speaks to you on that? So what are we, what are we taking away? Yeah. Like how does that, or like what's our like takeaway? Yeah. Like how does that transfer to like other areas, like relationships, um, yeah. things like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, there's for me, I've just been in athletics for such a long time. I think there's just something so special about sports, mm -hmm. um, that, that, um, you take with you for the rest of your life. So if you're in sports as a kid um, and you're learning how to play with a team, how to um, how to compose yourself under pressure, or how to react to failure or success, there there's so many small things that you learn in sport. And so I think that continues as you age too. There's just I, I, there's just so so much magic I think in sport, um, and that that goes with. CrossFit being a sport as well and Olympic lifting being a sport as well. There's just so much magic in there that you can take away. Olympic lifting is nowhere near a linear line of progression. Um, the days that you have that are that are just absolute shit usually outweigh the days that you feel at your best. Mm -hmm. And I think that's life, you know, that's mm -hmm. life. And so the same with CrossFit. I think you can can be such a good athlete at CrossFit. And then fucking wall balls comes on and I suck at wall balls, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and it's that one thing and that's life. You know, you can have a really good day and one thing can kind of ruin that for you and how do you bounce back? How do you, how do you react to that? And so there's just a magic in sport period. Um, that that's why I always encourage people and especially kids to get into sport, some sort of sport early. You just learn so much, but continue to stay in some sort of sport. And I say sport as very mm -hmm. broadly, um, because it can be, it can be, you know, water aerobics, mm -hmm. it can be anything, but because you yeah. learn so much, um, from that and CrossFit, I think can be even, um, extra special in that way, because mm -hmm. I think it's very, it mirrors life. Yeah. very closely. I like that idea of like I using think, sport broadly. And I, I use the term athlete really broadly as well. And I, mm -hmm. you know, at the, I, t I teach a little bit at the university and I, I go, Hey, like what's an athlete to you guys, you know, and some, they're always as students will be, they're very hesitant to answer any question that I ever have, you know, um, it's not rhetorical guys, you know, <laughs> all my questions <laughs> are rhetorical it seems, but, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, what's an athlete to you guys? Like what defines an athlete? You know, and there's always like this, uh, you know, you know, a bunch of answers, right? Um, it's the strongest person. It's the fastest person. It's this, this person, maybe they have like a specific person in their head. And I'm like, yeah, like that can, that can be true. But like you guys are athletes too. And 
we don't want to think of being an athlete or athleticism specifically as a, a set skill. Like you're born with athleticism or not. We want to look at it as something that can be trained to be improved upon, right? To be challenged and adapted to, right? And that's what being an athlete is, is adaptation, right? Mm-hmm. And expressing yourself. And we should, I think, and this is my opinion, we should all strive to be athletes, even if that means, hey, I'm going to go to water aerobics class, right? Because that gives you the sense of control, right? I can get better, right? If I look at it this way. And as soon as we lose that, that idea, that thought, especially as it relates to our physical self, uh, we're going to be in trouble later on in our lives, potentially, mm-hmm. right? And whatever that means. No, I agree. I I like what yeah. you said there too. And I think both Stacy and you said it, Cody, is like being able to adapt and or be adaptive, right? Like, I think whether you're talking about, you know, in the gym or in, you know, maybe your more generic sports or like even specifically like relationships, right? And first, I need to say congratulations, Stacy. Hey, thanks. Because there's an engagement I, I know, but yeah, I haven't really talked Congrats. to you since. So congratulations. <laughs> hey, thanks. Really warms my heart. But um, the, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever we're talking about in those three scenarios, there needs to be some adaptation that takes place. And, and, you know, when I'm working out, I could probably find a reason or find a way to be very negative. Like, oh, this is hard. I'm sweating too much. I can't hang onto the bar. I'm breathing too heavy. I used to be better at this. I wish I was stronger. Much like me and my wife get in an argument every single day, every single day, where, you know, and I could, I could layer it all on top of each other, but you're just, at the end of the day, you know that, Hey, I'm working out because it's supposed to, it's going to make me better for a numerous, you know, amount of reasons, just like my significant other is going to, you know, make me better for another, you know, numerous amount of significant reasons. And I think like being able to not just adapt at like one of those things, but I think (laughs) adapting to, being able to adapt if you follow me there is a mm-hmm. skill too and right and so if you're surrounding yourself with these opportunities to to learn to have self-talk to like face yourself in the mirror and and learn about who you are and how you can overcome a challenge whatever it is i think that's a skill in and of itself and and i don't know if i don't know if a lot of us you know maybe seek that out as much as we should or need to or even are presented with that as much as we need to be presented with it Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the concept of of putting like an athlete that in this box they need to be this this and this in order to be an athlete um, is detrimental, and I think it has been, and we see it with our general population. And so you have people, eighty seven years old to you know someone that's twenty three year olds with the with a disability that just say, well, I can't do that because we've put parameters around mm-hmm. what people can and cannot do, and. No, this 87-year-old is an athlete. Go watch him on CrossFit. Mm-hmm. He's pushing a sled. Go mm-hmm. watch this person with disabilities. They just competed at a at a CrossFit competition. So, um, you know, I think um, the more that we can be inclusive um, with our terms and an athlete, and I think teaching that at a collegiate level is is perfect. And the more that this spreads out, and I think CrossFit's done a great job of that. And and I think they are continuing to do better at exposure of people. But, you know, as much as we want, you know, fit people to walk into our gym, 10 times more we want someone that's never walked mm-hmm. into a gym to walk into our gym. Um, and we want them to experience what it's like to be an athlete 
and the moment that you show someone that they're capable of being an athlete, I mean, that's that's the passion. That's the reason you mm-hmm. you are in the field that you're in, um, and I think it's a it's a huge game changer. Yeah, and it, that speaks to you as a coach, you know, having that mindset and that thought pattern. This is kind of like the full circle that we started at. You know, what is a coach? How are we as coaches? You know, what do we take away? What do we don't? And I think ultimately, again, we're here to raise people up, everyone up, you know, regardless mm-hmm. and, you know, teach them. And you talked about, you know, wanting to get into teaching. Like, that's what you're doing. You're teaching that person that comes into the gym that's unsure, that's not ever done anything like this before, but they want to make a change and they've made that first step in showing up. Right. And then a lot of times it's on our shoulders to create that environment, to create that connection, right. And that relationship so they can be successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. And I think, I think Ted saw that in me pretty right away. Cause he was like, Hey, how about taking new people? Do you want to take new people? I'm like, give me all the new people. And so I would coach his like intro class, um, for people just starting out with CrossFit. So, and I still, I still do that. Um, and I wish I would have done that more previously, but I think Ted kind of found that passion, that talent that I really liked about, um, showing people, um, what they're capable of. And I, in unison and at the same time, getting them involved in the community and having this community, you know, show opening them up to to what this CrossFit community is or what this especially at um, Fort Collins CrossFit what this community is at the same time that they're like wow I can do these things um I think that's that's one of the things I love the most and and still do yeah we have kind of come full circle you know yeah one of the first things you said when we jumped on is you mentioned and you just kind of reiterated like you know the, the coaching and getting somebody to do X, Y, and Z is obviously important, but integrating them into your culture and your community is just almost just as important, right? And you said that early on also, and it's not just your relationship with the athlete, it's the athlete's relationship with the athlete. And I think as a coach or a teacher or whatever we want to call it, like that is part of your job too, right? And I think like the best teachers elementary through college also probably are good at that. You know, the best coaches Mm -hmm. in CrossFit and personal training are good at that. Like I'm not just teaching you by spitting stuff at you and hopefully, hopefully you retain it. I'm trying to make this in an an environment where a lot of growth can take place. Right. And so I think we all had our style of, of, of integrating that into our communities, whether it's teaching, coaching again, whatever it is. But a lot of times for me, you know, I would just, you know, you were with me too. We did Saturday morning classes at the gym. We had a lot of new people. We offered a free workout, community workout to people that would come in. And I would just oftentimes open up class just by talking about the most random things I could think of. Like, you know, Hey, uh, have you guys seen the new Marvel movie, whatever it is. And you're, you're bound to find common ground for people that may not have even a lot in common, you know, but they find some common ground and like, okay, I like this guy. He likes Spider-Man. I like Spider-Man, whatever it is. Or, you know, like she drives a, a Jeep Wrangler. I drive it, you know, I, you know, whatever that might be. And then boom, that's the spark. Right. And that's the first connection that can be made. And, and I think, um, I think you were good at that too. And sometimes it seems very like just, I don't know, like coming out of left field, but it is kind of somewhat also, 
you know, strategic in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what, um, what are you currently like working on and doing that, that has you the most excited? Um, you know, like you said, you're, you're coaching, you're still implementing some weightlifting into the CrossFit gym. What this will, this will maybe be one of the last things we, we kind of touch on before we get into, uh, what we do, we do at the end of every show in every interview or close out questions, but what are you doing? That's, that's most exciting for you that continues to just push you as a coach or as an athlete yourself or whatever that might be. I mean, I would say, uh, so 2020 brought a lot of difficulties. I mean, we all pretty much had to get out of the gym. Um, and so taking almost a full year step out of a gym and I was the one that bought a bunch of equipment from rogue, you know, and try to get whatever I could here. Um, but, but there's, but we still have a, like a dirt driveway or we, you know, we worked out in the middle of the street. That's pretty much all we had. And, um, neighbors love so that. Think, What'd the neighbors say? Well, <laughs> we had so many people that would just yeah. walk by that were like more inspired or things like that. Yeah. When it was dark, we tried not to drop the barbells and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, we were known as the, the, the girls that work out. So, <laughs> um, but what was really cool about that. Um, getting out of the gym was, um, taking a step back and reflecting on what is the importance of, of having that community and being at a gym. And so to get back to kind of your question, like what's exciting me about right now is, is I'm, I'm not coaching a ton, which, you know, I've tried, I've learned to balance my time. And I think that helped a lot too. The pandemic taught me a little bit more of how to balance my time with, what I really love and family and work and things like that and doing things outside of CrossFit, um, developing other hobbies, which a lot of us don't end up doing because we spend a lot of time coaching and doing CrossFit. We love it. Um, so some of the things that I'm really excited about is, is, is continuing that balance, but being in a new, newer environment than what we, what I was in previously and continuing to, build relationships within that community that that was gone for so long with it with this past year um and so I think this is just give it's given me new energy um to put into my coaching and to put into my building relationships inside the gym and outside the gym um and I've 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 been really intentional about making meaningful connections um, with people. And so that's, that excites me as much as I, you know, as much as it's like, oh, this new Olympic lifting program, I just conjured up. It's, it's definitely not that uh, CrossFit and Olympic lifting. They go back farther than I do, you know, different styles of training, all that goes back farther than I do, but developing new connections and meaningful relationships in a new community, um, is pretty rad and it's it's something that keeps me keeps me excited um so that's what i like that's great that's i really like that too and i think like that's that's one of for me too you know that was that was always looking back like you don't necessarily you know you know you let's say you look back at your time coaching right to this point i mean it you don't necessarily remember the things that you said or the lifts that were accomplished or the weights, you know, but you remember more the reaction. Like I remember when I 
you know, was there for this person and it was the first time they ever stepped foot in a gym and they were super nervous. I remember when this person got their first pull up and like, so I guess in a sense it is the actions, but it's more the response to the action that I think is more memorable. And that's, that's rewarding too. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if that, I think if that is the one thing that you're answering the question to gets you the most excited, then you're on the right track. Right. I mean, that's exactly where you should be. So, so good on you for that. Um, all right. So we're going to shoot some questions at you here. This is like right. I said, cool down questions here. And, uh, Cody has the first one. Go ahead. Shoot. All right, here we go. What's the best meal you've had in the last month? And I want details. Um, if it's something that you made, I want to know how you made it. Oh, best meal I've had. Um, so I was just recently in Lake Tahoe, um, oh, California. Yeah. You guys ever get out there? Yeah. But they, um, I actually don't remember what it was called. So there's this beautiful restaurant on the lake, and I don't know what it was, but it had mussels and it had, um, it was like more of a seafood. And so it had, I think it was maybe salmon and stuff, and it was salmon mussels in like this like creamy garlic. Oh, sounds so good. Sauce. And it was really fancy as well, but it tastes so good. It, it, I think the and the experience that you're watching, you know, you're out, you see mountains, you see a mm. big lake, you see all this food. So I would say, yeah, it was like this seafood uh, kind of thing that I had somewhere in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> not as much, not as much detail, but that's all I remember. No, that right. actually was perfect. That's exactly what we needed. We I needed felt the, the passion of it. it. You yeah. Did it? Yeah, hey, exactly. Good. Good. I know you guys don't get like muscles and stuff like that out in Iowa very often. So <laughs> I do like though the fact that I think if, you know if anybody that listens to this sh- this show regularly, there's probably a food question every week in in some way, shape, or form. I don't know why, but people like people are passionate about food. I definitely am. Like, and if you're not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're not because you're missing out. Food is great. Food is great. Food is great. <laughs> uh, next question. All right, and we kind of were just talking about this before we dove into these questions, but do you have a memorable success story of somebody that you've trained that like just first pops into your head when I ask that question? Ooh. Um, you know, whether it's weight loss or getting over a fear of something, you know, what's kind of the first thing that... Oh, gosh, I feel like I have a lot that pop into my head. Yeah. Um, so uh, I do remember, so I'm, I'm going to say two, maybe. Um, one, one will be from Colorado. So, um, one of our friends, still good friend, Heather getting over her fear of box jumps. Um, and what we did is we just, we just kept stacking a little bit at a time, you know, we (laughs) did just those rubber weights, just the the bumpers up. So that was a memorable experience and I have it on video. So, um, all that, that's good. And then I would say, um, um, teaching some of the, some kids that I've, taught how to snatch um and so one of the things that that we did to help um get my youth athlete to nationals was we hosted a mock weightlifting meet with like our kids class and that was the coolest thing you know we had some of them just did a pvc pipe because you know that we're we're not gonna load up 50 pounds on a bar um but that was probably really cool so leading up to that, we just had a group of kids that were just really dedicated to like learning how to do this so they could go into this mock meet. Um, and so that was really cool, learning how, teaching them how to, how to Olympic lift and doing that at such a young age. Do you have a, 
a similar memory, but for you personally that you're most proud of, whether that's really in any, you know, sphere, whether that's fitness, coaching, et cetera? Hmm. Um, let's see. It's hard to brag about yourself, but yeah, let it rip, I'm kind though. of asking you, yeah. What, what makes Stacy proud of Stacy? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, yeah, I would say what makes me proud of me, and, and this is also just what I hope, you know, you want people to remember you, and what do you want them to remember you by? So um, what makes me most proud is getting text messages from people that maybe I've coached a while ago to say that they've done this or that I've inspired them to continue to do this or, um, or you know, I getting a message the other day like, hey, thanks for just talking to me because I could tell they were having a rough time, you know, and so they just needed a, they just needed someone to say like, hey, it looks like you're having a rough time, like what's going on and just connecting with them that way. So I think I don't really want people to remember me by necessarily what I taught them. A bar muscle up is cool, you know, mm-hmm. but I want them to remember me and say, hey, like she was there for me or um, like, she was just such a good person. Like, uh, you know, it was very positive. Like, this is why I kept doing what I'm doing. And this is why I chose to keep doing this. So, so yeah, those are the kind of impacts I really like. No, that's a great answer. And I think that, you know, you kind of did exactly, you know, what we were looking for when we asked a question like mm-hmm. that, you know, like, I think sometimes it's weird. And it's, it's sometimes hard to say those things out loud. But once you do, you're kind of all right, now I need to hold myself accountable. If that's who I said I want to be known as, You're right. I need to be known as that person. So good for you. And that won't be a struggle for you at all. You're great at that. But uh, if you could, uh, here's your next question. If you could turn back the clock and talk to 18-year-old Stacy, what would you tell her? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Um, 18-year-old. I would, I don't know, tell her to get into CrossFit earlier than like, 24 you know I would I look at these young athletes I'm like gosh I wish I would have started when I was younger probably just yeah yeah if you want to do something just do it just start it um that's probably what I would tell her like yeah you can always quit if it doesn't work right I mean just exactly get rid of that fear of of yeah not doing well or yeah just do it just do it so next one if you had to be ship if you were a ship rep ship oh my goodness hold on hold on (laughs) if you had (laughs) It's how Ted sent me this question, and it's worded funny. So I have to reword it. <laughs> of course blame, it was. If I blame Ted. Blame Ted here. If you were ship, shipwrecked um, on a desert island, and all your human needs were met, so you know food, water, etc., what are the two items that you're bringing with you while you're out there? Like, what would you want to have with you? Oh, man. That's tough. Um can I say my dog? Dead. That's a good answer. Yeah. I definitely want my dog yeah. out there. Maya. Um, I'm bad at answering these questions too, for the record. Yeah. What else would I want out there? I'm just out there doing nothing. Um, sunglasses. I don't know. Huh? Sunglasses. <laughs> Did you say sun? I almost sun. said sunscreen. <laughs> oh, that might be better. Protect your skin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Or like a book. Or like a book. I like Well, that's yeah, a good segue like question reading. there. What book? I mean, let's just say one book. Is there one Ooh. that kind of just sticks out in your head? It need to be like a repeatability book, like a, a book that is entertaining, right? I 
At least that's my two cents. I don't know. You know those choose your own adventure books, you know, where like go to page 22 and you you know, maybe one of those because I believe, uh, I believe goosebumps. (laughs) I don't know if they can take credit for first doing that, but goosebumps Uh, has a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am a reading. I'm a big fan of Harry Potter, big fan of Harry Potter. So those books are always good. But, uh, I've read Brene Brown dare to lead mm-hmm. like three, four times and I'll listen Great. to it on audiobook too. So just so insightful and just makes you want to be better. Mm-hmm. So I like that. It, yeah. Those books are good. And especially from her, right? I think sometimes in they, they do have repeatability because like you'll listen to Brene Brown. I listen to books. I don't read books, but you'll listen to Brene Brown and like, it's very dense. Like there's so many inspirational things. It's like, boom, 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 boom. You hear it. And then you listen to it again or you listen to something and you're like, oh, I kind of, that's a, you know, like maybe I didn't even, I was so caught by this term that was brought up and missed this next point. But yeah, I think, yeah, that's a great answer. I think it depends on your mind frame too. Like you can, Mm -hmm. you can hear things totally different. They can relate to a different level. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Do you have a, a favorite TV show from your childhood? Something that stands out? Uh. The Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. That is a good answer. I hadn't thought of the Ninja Turtles. What pop? What pops into your mind, Cody? Like right away. Uh, I'll be honest. When you asked that question to Stacy, I thought of uh, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I never really got into Dragon Ball Z, but for me, and this is like a totally different genre, but I am from the era of Home Improvement, Tim Allen, Tool Time. Like that's the first oh, yeah. thing. Like when somebody says like. When someone says you're a kid and you're watching TV, that's what slams in my face is, you know, the song, the intro, everything. Like I can see my yeah. like little sister dancing to it at the kitchen table, like while, you know, <laughs> like after, after we're eating. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's uh Ninja Turtles. Great answer. Mm-hmm. That's uh that was our last question. Stacy, thanks so much yeah. for, for jumping on. Uh, Stacy was happy and kind enough to, uh, squeeze us in. She's off to coach right now. So she's I back am. at it. I am. I'm heading that way. So it'll be a good time. Anything that you want All to right. plug or anything, like anything that you're working on your gym that you're working at yeah, you you yourself, gym all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so the gym that I'm working at right now is uh, CrossFit High Park in Tampa. Um, if you guys are ever in the area, if anyone's in the area, drop in. It's a cool, it's a bigger gym, um, cool, lots of cool people doing lots of cool different things. We have a, almost a whole mobility area and section. Um, we have dedicated mobility coaches. Um, so it's, it's called CrossFit Hyde Park, but the whole umbrella company is called the Tampa Movement Lab. And so uh, the owner um, also teaches a little bit at University of Tampa and so gets University of Tampa students in and teaches them great things about movement. So well, that's awesome. That's that's yeah. right there. Something that we maybe we'll have to talk about if we have you on again. That sounds like a yeah. great, great setup. But I do know you need to get going. Thanks so much for, for jumping on with us, Stacy. All the best. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Okay, finishing things up here with our cool down segment. Every episode we end with cool down questions. If you guys want to send us a question, you can send it info at practicalwellnesscoach.com. And today we're talking about um, traveling, working out while traveling. It's difficult. Um, I'm currently at an undisclosed location in Missouri. <laughs> Actually, no, we, uh, we're at a cabin. Um, I'm fortunate enough to get along with my in-laws. And so we, uh, they have a cabin in Missouri. We travel to from time to time and, and get away. And it's, it's a lot of outdoors time, which I love, but, uh, 
Cody, you, you, when this episode comes out, you will be traveling. Can you tell everybody we're, uh, you've got a pretty cool trip lined up where you guys, where you guys headed? Yeah. So we're going to go. So it's me and my significant other, Julia. Um, we're going to meet her family out in kind of around Seattle, Washington. We're going to hike Mount Rainier, uh, for a few days, just kind of exploring and getting outside and, and moving in that way. And then we're going to travel over to, um, Montana and we're going to go to Glacier National Park and kind of do the same thing, explore and, and just kind of move and get outside and, you know, uh, get that travel in here at the beginning of July. Yeah, that's awesome. And so that kind of leads us to what we're talking about today. And we're talking about, you know, what are some things we can do, um, you know, to not fall off the wagon for lack of a better term to maybe continue to lead a fitness fit lifestyle while we're traveling. Um, the first thing I would say is enjoy your vacation. You know, your vacation is kind of a vacation yep. from everything. That doesn't mean completely like yep. veg out and, you know, live off of potato chips and bush light. Right. Not that anybody. Yeah, we still want to be know, mindful of like our health <laughs> and like, but experience kind of like the things around us, whatever we're doing, you know, restaurants, um, each other and things like that. But yeah, we, it's not a, an excuse necessarily to just kind of like, you know, uh, go crazy and, and maybe, uh, work away from maybe the goals we we have set for ourselves. Yeah. For me, when, when, when the family and like, when we try to escape and go on vacation, we're just looking to make memorable experiences. And as right. cheesy as it might sound, we're just trying to find ways to, Hey, we want to look back and make sure that this time is well worth it. And is it going to be mm-hmm. like, Hey, are we glad that we worked out the whole time or, you know, didn't enjoy some of the things that vacation offers, or are we going to be glad that we, maybe went and got ice cream with our kids or went and did whatever or slept in or whatever it might be. But I do know that, you know, from, from my experience and past experiences, you know, there's a lot of people also who are probably feeling this way. Like you might be on a a pretty strict workout regimen, um, and you're traveling and you just, you, you know, that it might be hard to jump back into it when you get back. So Mm -hmm. you want to be able to like do something right. And, I have struggled in the past, you know, say I'm, say I'm like traveling and I, I want to, uh, I'm like, well, I really like back squat and I haven't back squat in a week. I want to do some pull-ups. I haven't done that. And that stuff is, is hard to find and have access to while you're traveling, but right. You know, simplify it. Like we still want to get our heart rate up a little, a little bit every day. We mm-hmm. still maybe want to just move, stretch functional movements, whatever it might be. And I can just tell you from experience, like I said, I'm traveling right now. You know, we just made it fun. My wife joined me and her aunt and her mother-in-law or my mother-in-law. Um, like we did a simple Tabata workout, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds of rest. We did simple things. We had bands. We did one-arm high pulls with the bands. We did planks. We did some, obviously you have to mix in some burpees there from time to time. We did some burpees, some lunges. Yeah. I mean, nothing too crazy, all kind of body weight movements and it was great. My heart rate was up. I sweat. I feel like I did something. And sometimes it's, it's one of those things where you look at a workout on paper and you're like, that's, I mean, that's way easier, way simplified than maybe I traditionally do, but it's Mm -hmm. just, just jump in and do it. And you'll be surprised at how much you sweat, how much your heart rate gets up and you'll just feel better in the long run. Yeah. You'll feel better. And you know, if I like am able to like squeeze a workout in, you know, in maybe an informal way or formal way, I, I tend to like just be happier, more enjoyable to be around. You know, I, I feel like I can be a little more present um, mm-hmm. than if I like skip like maybe some movement or if I kind of just start to veg out. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit more testy or if things go wrong or sideways, I don't handle it as well. So, I mean, that's another reason to move and kind of stay on some of this r- routine 
even on vacation, right? Yeah. You're just kind of a better human, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> to, that's uh, so funny. That's so funny. I've always used the the coin like I'm I'm an outside cat. I'm not an inside cat. I don't handle it very right. well. Like just sitting around and and uh, in fact, I think I'll be I'll be tested a little bit. It's supposed to rain here the next couple of days, and you know we'll we'll do some. Cody will be excited to hear this. We'll probably do a board game. Oh yeah, I watched some movie. Cody's a big board game fan. If let you guys know, know that, you, let me know what you play. But um, my wife all the time is like, "Hey, you need to go work out. You need to do something because you just <laughs> like she can tell that I'm like." maybe mopey or not. I don't know. Yeah. Just not as present, like you said. And, and I've always, always noticed like just movement, working out, getting my heart rate up. It just makes me more cognitive, more present, yeah. more, just more able to just be who I feel like I am and, and, and the long run. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've even talked to someone recently. Um, she was like, you know, I'm going to be gone, you know, this whole week. Um, it was like, like all this family and she's she's uh i think she was saying that she would consider herself an introvert and so it's just a lot for her so she her activity her way to move is just to get outside and run and she kind of made a joke that like no one in on that side of her family really runs so it's an easy way to kind of escape and just kind of have some alone time for you know just a little bit as well just to kind of decompress and unwind too um yeah i think it might depend on your 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 vacation like for example me I'm going to be very active. We're hiking a ton. It's like the main thing that we're doing. So, you know, I'm not looking to necessarily get some extra like fitness in, in the sense of like harder workouts or anything like that. My thing is going to be more like just going through kind of my normal shapes, you know, doing some squats here, some pushups there, stretching and just trying to stay loose. Um, And even using this time to let my body kind of recover from the things I'm normally doing. I I work pretty hard, especially in the summer, you know, with weights and, and fitness and, um, to be frank, I don't give myself enough maybe rest uh, in this time frame since I just have a little more energy to put towards uh, my workouts compared to maybe like the fall, winter, or spring due to just have less obligations in the summer. So I'm using it as another way to just kind of shake things up a little bit, you know, get mm-hmm. a little mental break from my normal routine as well in terms of uh, my fitness structure. Mm. Yeah. And obviously, you know, this, uh, you know, this perspective is coming from two very active individuals, you know, Cody and I are in the fitness industry. And so we're surrounded by active lifestyles and encouraging active lifestyles. So in essence, it's really easy to, for us to be active sometimes, right? Because we're surrounded, we see it often much like, and this is maybe the other end of a spectrum. Let's say you, let's say you own a restaurant and you serve burgers and French fries. It's probably really easy to eat burgers and French fries. (laughs) you know, multiple times right. a week. Um, just like it is for, for guys like us to, Hey, I probably should, you know, hit the bottom of my squat. You know, I haven't hit it in a couple of days. See what that feels like. Should yep. put something heavy in my hands, try to press it overhead a few times. And, but you know, and, and so let's speak quickly to the other side of it. Maybe you're somebody who has gained a little bit of momentum and you're starting to see some results. You've worked out and you don't want to fall off the wagon. I think everything that we've just said applies to you also. Yep. Whatever it might be, minimum, you know, just try to do similar things to to what you were doing before and it, and and again that's, you know, I hate to talk in circles, but that's again just get your heart rate up a little bit, move around a little bit. Doesn't have to be crazy. Go for a speed walk, <laughs> you know, you don't have to be a speed Absolutely. mall walk and pump your arms like crazy, but just find hey, I'm going to find a coffee joint, say you're staying in town somewhere. I'm going to find a coffee joint I'm going to wake up and I'm going to just kind of power walk towards it and power walk back. Like you'll be surprised at how much better you feel by just kind of 
getting out and getting your heart rate up doing something simple as that yeah absolutely just keep it simple keep it accessible keep it something that's like realistic for you and obviously you know manage your time as well like if you're on vacation to spend time with family don't just you know disappear for three hours just so you can work out like that's not the point either so if you got five ten minutes to do a stretch out like do a stretch out and use that time right and feel better and that's what it is at the end of the day and that helps you keep on your routine like great i did something with intention today as it relates to my health and wellness great and then the next day it'll be just as easy easier you know you're not gonna you know hit a wall of like okay i haven't done anything for three days what's another day right and that just continues to kind of perpetuate right either not doing something or on the other hand you can perpetuate it in a way that helps you continue that habit yeah and and i think that's i think that's a wrap that's perfect that you know remember vacation is a vacation like you need to reset Mm -hmm. you need to just kind of collect yourself so that when we go back to the real world we can, you know, work hard, be a good family member, be a good, you know, whatever you may be, because in the long run, we want to find an, an opportunity and an ability to make this practical and sustainable, like during our everyday life, not during just Absolutely. our vacation. Right. And so that's the main focus. But, um, yeah, Cody, have fun. I've had fun on your trip, man. I'm excited for, Thank you. for, for what you guys are going to do. I, I think that'll be, that's almost like a bucket list trip for a lot of people, what you guys are doing. So yeah, someone enjoy, actually just man. said that to me the other day. Yeah. Thank you. And enjoy your, your cabin. <laughs> we will, man. Hey, uh, appreciate you guys listening and we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time.